when I ask you who you are, what is your response? Am I receiving a list of adjectives, or are you stuttering and squabbling until you come up with some sort of answer? When you look into the mirror, who do you see? What do you feel? Are you sure enough of yourself and your being that you will be undoubtedly who you know that you are? If you died tomorrow, did you live your most authentic life? This week has been going pretty all right for the most part. I went to therapy, and my therapist told me that I was self-sabotaging. As they say, you know, I need to deal with that inner saboteur. And we shall. But until then, the scary voices inside my head deserve a name. Your pain deserves to be acknowledged. Then told to go fuck itself and get the fuck out like a bad house guest. So I'm naming her Ernestine. Coincidentally, Ernestine was my bitch of a patient that bit my gas every time I tried to talk to her. She also made me cry this one time, but that's a story for neither here nor there. And on a different instance, she told my best work friend that Jesus need to smack your ass. And I audibly cackled at that. However, we are talking about the big scaries today. Who you are, why you're here, and what you plan on doing, baby. I believe it was the great American philosopher RuPaul who once said, if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love anybody else? And I'm going to be painfully honest with you here. She's right. She's always been right. She'll always continue to be right. Except for that one time that she let Kachi go and was absolutely robbed, and I am still not over that one. But there's a certain level of truth and self-love and acceptance well before you can even start to welcoming other people in your life. So you need to sit down and give yourself the love and attention that you and your body need. Because as much as some bitches are focused on their physical well-being, they may be lacking in their mental health. And that one's me. Hi, hello, I'm bitches. And the reverse goes as well. You have a stellar mental health, but you're doing all right and things are just going over on well, But your body might be trying to tell you to get your life together and you need to put more than an iced coffee and a dick in your body. Yeah, that's also me. (laughs) But we are here and we're going to work on that. Go down on this journey together and just go on and do the damn thing. Something important with any self-assuring story is finding a good story to kick things off with. For me, this story starts on June 5th, 2014. It was the last day of school, and I was trying to get this guy to go on a date with me. He was cute and a total literature nerd, something that I personally cannot relate to whatsoever. We were texting back and forth for a few days, and it felt good. I was still in the closet at the time, but I felt happy and was assured in my decision to pursue a man for my next relationship. I was absolute trash when I was going after this man, but that's neither here nor there. I had little to no conversation skills. I had no idea of what it meant to me, him, or anything else to be gay. In short, I was just awkward. I remember seeing him at a party a few weeks before, and I really started talking to him. And I saw him, and then I was like, hot damn. And then I got confused. 
And then I went home and I watched some porn about it. And then I realized, well, damn, I'm a goddamn homo now, aren't I? So with a large amount of bullshit and texting back and forth, I convinced this man to go out on a date with me. But it wasn't just like any date. It was like a date, but my two best friends were also present. And my best friend's sister was there, who I have also known for my entire life. And her sister's best friend was there, who I grew close to as time went on. That part of the story is for another day, but it was the six of us. My two best friends picked me up in La Fonda. She was a bright orange 2008 Ford Escape. If that car could talk, and she cannot on account of the several many accidents that she's been a part of, she would tell you the weirdest fucking stories that you've ever heard. Anyways, the girls are picking me up. It's Mara and Kaylee, and they turn around to me while I'm in the back seat, and they ask me if I'm sure about what I'm doing. And I said, of course I was, yeah. And at the time, it felt terribly offensive. But I know that they were just looking out for me. My hometown was terribly homophobic. I knew it, they knew it, everybody in the area knew it, and sometimes I felt like they were making sure that I knew it. And I said that I was sure about what I was doing, and then Kaylee turned to me and said, Drew, if you do this, you cannot go back in the closet. I told her that I knew that, and I loved her, and then I thanked her for her support. Then Mara drove away the best way that she knew how. Irresponsibly fast with little control over her vehicle. We go and pick up everybody, and it was a late show for the movie, and I'm not proud to say this, but my first date as a gay man was seeing John Green's The Fault in Our Stars. No, I have never read the book. No, none of my friends have read the book, but the boy that I was trying to trick into dating me was the biggest John Green's fan. So I sit through what seemed to be hours of a sad, sick romance, where, for the life of me, I can't remember how it ended, and honestly... I chalked it up as to, I don't fucking care. Because we saw it on opening night, and it was the midnight premiere, and there was just a bunch of sad white bitches who loved John Green. And they kept crying. And crying. The movie is over, and I look to my left. I look down, and I see four bitches crying. And when I say crying, I mean, have you ever seen Kimmy K just cry on one of her videos that she just kind of binge-watched for a while, and it makes you feel a little bit better because rich people cry too? It was kind of like that, but I swear it was more dramatic and in your face because you couldn't hit pause and walk away for 20 minutes and then, you know, come back when you're good and ready. So I look down the row and Kaylee is about as enthusiastic about this movie as I am. We've always gotten along well emotionally. We kind of keep to ourselves until we crack, go a little crazy, and then return to our normally scheduled program. She looks and she whispers at me as loud as she could. Hold him. And I did. It was my first public display of affection as a gay man. And honestly, that shit felt weird as hell. Everything in my life leading up to that moment told me that I was wrong. And I was holding this absolute mess of an individual in the theater at like one in the goddamn morning. Anyways, we get into La Fonda and we start dropping everybody off. We drop this boy off first and I walk him up to his front door. We take a picture together and I agree that it's more than okay to go up on Instagram. I kissed him goodbye and I saw to it that he made it inside safely. We both posted the photos almost immediately. I figured, what could it hurt? My family doesn't have social media. 
And people in the school seemed cool enough when they wanted to be, and what harm could it actually do? June 6, 2014. The next day, my family was in from Texas. I was a brand new baby gay, and everybody except for my family knew it. And I was at peace with that. But let me tell you, nothing shakes a Midwestern school to its absolute core than like coming out over the internet and not saying a goddamn thing. I just remember kind of floating through the day. It wasn't bad. I was just kind of in disbelief in myself. Later in the day, I remember having to go to soccer practice, and my aunt drove me down to the park. Practice went as usual. There were a few hateful comments. Things just went along. It wasn't good and it wasn't bad. It was just kind of all right. Anyways, it was some kid's birthday on the team, so we were delightfully enjoying cupcakes when I got pulled off the soccer field by my fucking ear. When I look over to the well-manicured hand ganking my ear off the field, it's none other than Miss Dawn Ray, Miss Mommy Dearest, Mother herself. She threw me into the driver's seat, and I was practicing for my driver's exam at the time, so she walked around the car and sat in the passenger seat. Andrew, what the fuck did you post on Facebook? She was mad. But I was in the clear. I thought to myself, my mom's stupid. She calls all social media Facebook. So I was the asshole, and I opened up Facebook, and I handed her my phone just to prove her that nothing was wrong. And I have done nothing wrong. I wasn't about to get yanked out of the closet just because somebody tipped off my mom. She scrolls for like 10 seconds. And these 10 seconds felt like an eternity. I could feel my heart beating out of my chest, but I was trying to play it cool. I shift the park into gear, and before my foot came off the brake, my mom's hand was over top of mine, pushing it right back into park. Andrew, I'm not fucking stupid. Where are the naked pictures of you? Mom, what in the absolute hell are you talking about? Well, Linda told me that you were posting inappropriate pictures of yourself on Facebook. I'm sorry, what? How did you get naked pictures from the word inappropriate? Well, with what I'm about to tell you, you and Linda might not be friends anymore. I snatch my neon orange phone out of her hand and I pull up the pictures from the night before. Then I said it. I was bawling my eyes out and I said, Mom, I'm gay. And then we sat there in silence for a little bit. This also felt like an eternity. And then she said, Well, we've known about that since you were two. I was just making sure that you weren't posting naked pictures of yourself. To say that I was shocked was an understatement. My mom then asked the usual questions as she allowed me to start driving home. Well, are you telling your father or am I? I told her that she could tell him because I was an emotional wreck and I needed to keep my shit together for my family. Well, what about your grandparents? Well, they don't need to know until they need to know. I told my sister the day before, and she was 13 at the time, and all she had to say was, well, that shit's weird, but I'm glad you're happy. And that was as much of a win as I could actually get from her. Then I asked my mom not to tell her sister, the one who is in town. I wasn't really ready to have a coming out party when all these people were in town. So all my bases were covered, and everyone who needed to know knew. I felt slighted out of a decent coming out, seeing as how someone outed me to my mom. 
I also felt slighted because through all of this and nobody assured me that they loved me or told me that it was okay, it was just news. They returned to status quo. I woke up the next morning to an email from my dad telling me that he loved me and we'd talk more later. The fact that my dad told me that it's chill to be gay through an email should tell you a lot about my family dynamic, but things are all right. My mom being my mom proceeded to out me to the rest of my family the second everybody left for Texas, and my grandparents knew soon after. I was not really in control of my own story, or how everything unfolded. That part was stolen from me. But what I will say is that I'm better out of the closet than stuck inside of it, and for my personal situation, I'm better off now than where I was then. Until now, putting words on paper and seeing how everything transcended, I'm really angry that my story was stolen from me. And I could blame that it was a product of my time or it just being a product of my mother, assuming what was best for my situation. But from that moment, I was living my life as I should, authentically and honestly. I didn't love myself for some years after. It came eventually, But to love who you are, you need to know who you are, what you stand for, and what you want your life to be about. In 2018, I got the date June 6, 2014 across my shoulders. It reminded me every day to be myself, no matter what, or how you get there. Sometimes it doesn't matter how you get there, and soon after, I began finding myself and discovering what I liked and what I didn't and doing the usual bullshit of being really fucking gay that borders on offensive stereotypes the second that you come out, and then settling into many characters along the way, and now knowing who I am now. I want to give you advice as to how you can do this yourself, but sometimes it's just got to come from within. Sometimes you just got to look at yourself and decide what's important to you and what's bullshit. Sometimes you just got to remember that valuing your mental health over a toxic relationship is more important than settling your life for less than what you deserve. Sometimes it's okay to be alone, so you can talk to yourself and discover who that person is that has so desperately wanted to shine through for so many years. Living an authentic life isn't easy because you need to stand up for yourself. That was the hardest part for me. I would rather see other people be happy than me ever inconvenience anybody over absolutely anything. Between me and this here microphone, I'm still getting over that one, if we're going to be honest. But that shit isn't easy. But it does get easier with time. And I think there's a certain level of self-empowerment in setting up boundaries that you ultimately need just to make you happier. So here's my mini crash course on setting boundaries. When you're setting a boundary with anybody, you need to make sure that you and them are 100% certain as to what's going on, where your intentions are, regardless of somebody else's actions. For example, I don't particularly like it when my friends start abusing how nice I am with them. So if I ever feel like I'm being taken advantage of, I start with the opening lines of communication. I start like this. Hey, I don't appreciate it when you do X, Y, Z, and the other. They will respond one of two ways. Oh my Jesus, I'm so sorry. 
And then that's it. You accept their apology and move on. Alternatively, if they feel to recognize your side of the story, which is equally okay, this just puts the ball back into your court. You need to then say, well, if this continues to happen, I will leave the friendship. Or I'm going to start asking you to pay for your gas money or your food or whatever the situation is. Although this seems harsh, you need to recognize that in all interpersonal connections, you are exactly one half of that relationship. And you're due the respect that you give to any other person. Or that any other person would have expect out of any type of relationship. You have every right to control that. Exactly how that is. Who, how, and what people say to you. You are allowed to refuse any situation that you do not deem fit for you, just as much as anyone else is allowed to refuse the bullshit that you serve them. So next time you aren't enjoying life and somebody asks you to do something that you just do not care for, tell them no. If you don't want to do the task for them, that's that. Simply saying no is incredibly liberating. Alright y'all, let's bring it back here real quick. Let's do a little bit of role playing. When there's a man at work, and he's my patient, and he's getting real handsy with the girls, you just gotta walk up to him and say, Hey John, buddy boy, why are we playing grab ass with the girls when it doesn't even work anymore? Let's keep our hands to ourselves, sir. We really don't need to be touching other people while we're working with you. Didn't your mother raise you better? Or your manager gets 90 shades of crazy and asks you to do something on top of your mile-long to-do lift. You just gotta say, sis, no. This is too much. Please go ask somebody else to do this. I'm simply too swamped. Or like when you're on a date and then you're getting to the hot and heavy part and then he makes a few too many comments about being fiscally conservative but socially liberal and then tries to mansplain cryptocurrency to you one more fucking time and then he starts knocking at your back door. Sis, you say no. And that's that. All of which set a boundary. They all communicate exactly what you need from yourself and the other person. What the expectations are and how you feel right then in that moment. The only advice that I can give you when you're setting boundaries is know exactly what you want. Force them to respect your boundary and know is a full sentence. When you allow people to purposefully cross your boundaries you're allowing them to acknowledge two bits of information. You don't care about the boundary that you've personally set up for yourself, and you don't respect yourself or the boundary enough to say anything. So why should they respect it if you don't? Saying no is incredibly liberating. Understanding that is not selfish. To stand up for yourself is not selfish, or what you believe in, or even for who you love. The only explanation that you owe to anybody is the law, and you only need to explain your actions. So long as you do nothing morally wrong, harming anybody, or overall just minding your own damn business and everything's lawful, who the fuck cares? Love yourself first. Take care of yourself first. Kick people out of your life who do not serve as a positive attribute to you. Learn to prioritize your mental health. And above all, cut toxic shit out of your life. The sooner you learn to do this, the sooner that you'll learn to live your more authentic life. 
your stress levels will go down, your skin will get better, you'll smile more often, and more people will want to fuck you. I mean, come on, y'all. The list just keeps going on and on. But you see where this is going. If you yourself are happy with your being and your surrounding and who you surround yourself with, and they support you and celebrate you for being yourself, then you will live a far more prosperous life. For a great example, let's talk about one of my exes. He was one of the sweetest men that I've ever met. You know how when you just date a string of people and you're just fucking fed up with meeting the same guy after the same guy and you get the same results after the same results? So you just go and pull a Miranda Priestly and you pick the ugly guy instead? Yeah, I did that, but instead of the ugly guy, he was dumber than a box of fucking rocks. But man, was he fucking good in bed. Anyways, this man had zero concept of boundaries. I remember him calling me one day, just asking me to go on a date later that evening. And I said that I would absolutely love to, however, I have a big exam that I need to study for later this week. And he said that's more than okay. Good luck with your studying. Hours go deep and I'm balls deep in a textbook and I hear knocking at my door. When I open it, this fucker stormed my apartment with ice cream and a rented movie, a new blanket, and some other fun bedroom things. I said, absolutely fucking not. Leave the ice cream and get the fuck out. You knew exactly what my evening consisted of. You had some fucking nerve coming over here expecting me to drop absolutely everything so you could do what? Get off. Or see me? Or force me to feel bad for prioritizing my education so you wanted to cuddle? So, yeah. He left. And I didn't hear back from him. Some may have considered that interaction a bit harsh. I, for one, believe that it was completely necessary for me to actually stand up for myself. Realistically, one of the first times in my life. This is my biggest issue that I've realized about myself and relationships, is that I will give up absolutely 100% of myself just so I can make the other person happy. Deandra a few years ago would have totally fucking dropped everything and convinced myself that I was doing well enough in the class that I could just give up everything, compromise my education, and for what? So I could get fucked or get the attention from a man? Or maybe a few orgasms. Maybe a laugh or two. But hell fucking no, and I am over that shit, and I will not allow that Andrew to re-enter my life. So if you're listening, I have a few things to say. My favorite Ben and Jerry's ice cream is the Tonight Dough, not Cherry Garcia. You never knew my favorite coffee order. I wanted to break up with you every time that you said... Do you want your favorite? And then show up with some absolute bullshit in a Dunkin' cup. It's a venti iced coffee with 2% vanilla, no classic. And finally, fuck off. You were just okay. As always, babes, thank you for listening to my silly little podcast, and thank you so much for supporting small creators. I've hoped you've gained something for this, or just laughed along the way. As always, if you'd like to support me in my podcast or my journey, please write a review, drop a rating, share this with a friend, or follow the Instagram page. Hell, send me a carrier pigeon with something that you want to tell me. 
I want to see any sort of interaction that can make a positive difference for this podcast, and I can make it the best that it could possibly be for us and our community. If you'd like to support me on my other platforms, my personal Instagram is A underscore Ackman. The podcast page is Gay and Delusional. Please feel free to engage with me and send me stories, requests, questions, or anything that you actually just want to hear more about. Please write in. I want to start a new segment where you give me a situation, and I'm just going to tell you how it is. You like it or you don't. (laughs) Now, go run through life, carelessly optimistic as you want. Fall down, grow along the way. Live your life as you've always wanted to and be yourself. But most importantly, stay delusional. Bye, babes. (laughs) 